right, so welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy with your host, Chris Kavner, which is me. So hi, thanks for tuning in. So we got an interesting show today. I'm going to do that crowdsourcing emotional growth kind of thing uh, that I plan to do with this podcast upon releasing it. So basically what I'm going to do here is uh, I'm going to stumble through this. Bear with me. I'm going to be playing these recordings I got and then pausing them and reacting to them in real time and seeing if it's any good. (laughs) And we'd get some emotional growth from it. But first, what we're going to do is uh, I really want to congratulate all 15 people who commented on that cheaper than therapy uh, contest that I was holding while I uh, released you're all superstars, man. Thanks for the sport. But seriously, I genuinely mean that. I just I get uncomfortable and try to make people laugh when I'm uh, when I'm grateful. So I want to congratulate uh, Gonadia Horn, who uh, it's funny because she's like an actress friend of mine. Uh, she won the contest. I said she was getting a surprise, and your boy delivers. Okay, yeah, it's not delivery. It's delicio. Or is it DiGiorno? I guess it depends what part of North America you're from. Jesus, that was cheesy. Oh, that was another pun. All right, I'll stop. So I would like to congratulate you, Dio, because you won a song that I sat down and made myself. Uh, So the music's really shitty. The lyrics are self-serving at points, and but also very complimentary and from the bottom of my heart. So without further ado, this is something I like to call... Dio's song. Hold up, let me try out like a a DJ voice real quick. And this is the world premiere right here on Cheaper Than Therapy. By the way, I'm a horrible singer. Enjoy. Let me fucking tell you about a girl I know. Oh, baby. She's so damn cool and talented. Got a made this song because Dio you won the contest for my podcast and you were supposed to get a surprise well guess what here comes your surprise three two one gonna deal 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 hold up I gotta get that out again. Got a deal, got a deal. Got a deal, got a deal. Got a deal, got a deal. Got a deal. Got a deal, got a deal. Got a deal, got a deal. Got a deal, got a deal. 
Surprise dance crap at the end there. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did this. Okay, so that was the song that she won. And because uh, when Dio won the contest, I, di- I told her that I was going to make her a song. So she knew that the song was coming. So I still wanted to surprise her. So that's why I had like a surprise dance number. I don't know. It sounds like death metal with techno at the end. There's a few like inside jokes in there, uh, but mostly just complimenting her for being successful and talented as fuck. And then saying what I meant by self-serving was when I'm like, she's on Letter Kenny. Yo, get me an audition, sis. You know what I'm saying? Hook your boy up. Your boy can be a funny man on TV. But I know how being an actor is, and you don't have any control over who gets cast in something. It's just funny to say. Also, she played Dorothy on Supernatural. What? I thought that was sick. But Dio's like a really popular actress. She awards, dude. She has awards. Several shows. Like, real roles in shows. Fucking Hemlock Grove, bro. She was like one of the first people I knew on a Netflix show. I'm definitely impressed with her. And so... The, uh, starstruck right now so i made a song no but she won the, the, the contest right so that's why i made it i didn't just make this because i'm crazy hopefully uh crazy is such a bad word and i hate defining myself like that mm. all right so moving on uh so th- this is a, a response to uh one of my episodes about failure where i talk about what I believe uh, society's kind of like Achilles heel was at that moment uh, <laughs> while I was recording the podcast. There's nothing worse than people obsessed with failure. Fuck. So let's hear uh, the reaction and uh, let's see what we can do with it. All right. I'm wondering if it's not so much that we should not value failure, but that we don't allow ourselves to embrace success there's this sort of humility we're supposed to feel. We're meant to feel humble and not brag about our successes. Even if it's just stating, I have been successful with this thing. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there just so I can cut in. I totally agree that it's hard to discuss your successes especially within the arts because it's expected that you need to be humble if you're an artist right you can't like the way your shit smells basically right and uh and that's one of the hardest things it is because you want so hard to feel proud about uh something you've done but in order to kind of celebrate that for yourself you're gonna have to go and tell people a, what you did, and that B, I how good you feel about it. And it is a weird thing. Uh, and I do feel that the humility thing is important. And that's because it, it, it sort of justifies your behavior, right? Yeah, I'm proud of this, but you know, this part of it was bad. I don't know. Like, say I was in a movie and I'm proud to be in it and everybody's like, wow, good job. And then they allow me to like say thank you. That's like as far as I feel I can go in the whole like being proud of my own success thing. So yeah, I mean, I kind of tangent in there. But yeah, back to what you said. Okay. It can be seen as a brag. And when we see people who are bragging about their success in a really overt way, like driving a fancy sports car or treating everyone to a really expensive meal... 
we view that person in a negative light as being a braggart, as being pompous or pretentious, um, egotistical, and essentially not humble. Oh, God. I feel like you just described me, except it's not a sports car or something. But for some reason, I just like resonated with what you were saying, as in like looking at my own behavior, because I do try to like buy people things, I guess. I don't know. Like this is this is a typical case. Like if I know you and you come into my restaurant and you know me from acting and you just like saw behind the curtain of my life and now you're seeing me being a food servant, I always, almost 100% of the time, unless I really don't have money, I'm going to buy that person their meal. And it's not to brag but it might seem that way. I'm just trying to like appreciate uh, the fact that they came into a restaurant and struck up a conversation with me and kind of gift them with something that I know I would find pleasant if I were to go out and see somebody I knew or something like that. But dude, I feel like maybe sometimes like I'll buy someone. I just, I offered to do it today. I was doing a shift at uh, the old restaurant and uh, these producers came in I didn't know they were producers, but they had said something to each other like, nah, you don't want to be a line producer. They're on set all day. And that's like a really terrible impression of uh, them. But uh, there it is. And uh, I went like, what are you guys talking about? I would love to be on set every day. I'm, I'd kill for that. And they're like, oh, what do you do? What are you, an actor? I'm like, yeah, because I'm waiting, right? Blah, blah, blah. Ha, ha, ha. And then I was like, man, this these guys are really cool. And uh, yeah, and then I tried to buy them lunch, but they didn't want me to. And it was very, very nice for them to be like respectively de declining what I always perceived um, in my head was like a nice gesture. But now since what you said, I'm starting to think maybe it, it looks like I'm bragging or something. I don't know. Anyways, this is a whole response to failure and I just keep cutting in. So uh, yeah, back to you. <laughs> And I think that kind of ties into the religion thing a little bit, actually, about humility. But I don't know enough about religion to really speak to that. Um, well, I know that in the religion I was raised with, you needed to be humble, even if you were there trying to, like, you know, be the best example you could to your peers, you still had to say like, well, you know, I don't know, natural sin, we're all born in sin or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a very good point. So yeah, I think that what we all need to do is not so much stop reveling in failure necessarily, though I'm not against that. <laughs> I love that you uh, made sure I knew or we knew that you weren't against not reveling in failure it's like no we should definitely revel in failure anyways sorry love it but allow ourselves to embrace our success and share them with other people as a form of inspiration and not as a way of bragging yeah yeah i totally agree with you uh that's the end of the clip you sent me I feel like i was trying to make that point but maybe i wasn't I don't know, I was in a very different headspace when I recorded that particular episode, Failure. And yeah, I was kind of feeling on top of the world or... I don't know what it was, really. No, I wasn't feeling on top of the world. Fuck. I have barely felt that way, actually. Yeah, dude. You definitely give me a lot of food for thought. I think if I were to redefine it towards myself... Because now I kind of I caught some guilt 
because I feel like now I'm bragging. When I try to do nice things for people, that could be a form of bragging maybe uh, because I'm not deliberately trying to show them, look at how successful is I am. I'm going to buy you lunch. Dude, I work at the restaurant. Like, just let me get you. I don't know. So maybe if I were to redefine my relationship to failure and instead kind of I mean, I think being attracted to success is what we should be doing because that's the positive way to do it. You're taking the most positive route. You're not taking the path of least resistance. Maybe that's just the way I had been emotionally doing things. And you just really told me that with what you said. Huh. The path of least resistance was the emotional path that I was taking to, I don't know, deny feeling good about stuff I've done. I don't know. It's still such a complex... Well, uh, but thank you so much for recording an MP3 and sending it in. That was great. So I'm going to get to the next one now. Hey, Chris. Hello. So I'm currently listening to your episode three uh, on identity. And uh, you asked about our thoughts. So here's my attempt at giving you my thought. So you made that really good analogy, metaphor, whatever the fuck you want to call it. You you said... that uh, you thought doing video editing was super complicated, super hard, and then you decided to go ahead and do it, and a 10-year-old taught you how to do it on YouTube. Uh, And you chalk that up to thinking that you're preconditioned into thinking that you can't do things, or do video editing, for example. Um, I think, yeah, we're all preconditioned to think. I don't think we're conditioned. I think it's it's an innate thing that's already part of our genetic code, where if we think is some where we think something is bad, we don't do it to like protect ourselves. Like I'm talking some early Homo sapien shit. You know what I mean? Yo, like you're saying, like if we evolved, we evolved to not do outlandish things or take risks, and that's this obsession with failure is kind of like a new way for us to evolve or something. As in, like. If we're starting to become attracted to fail, no, this is so terrible. Okay, I'm going to shut up. Keep talking. My analogy was bad just there. But thank you for the compliment for my other one. And then when the curiosity finally gets to us and we finally take the little leap of faith and realize, hey, it's not so bad, then yeah, um, we can succeed. So I, I believe that like we we're scared to do things that are out of our comfort zone. And our comfort zone is only ever going to expand if we do dangerous things. I'm not saying jump off a fucking bridge and you'll know if you can survive or not. Like, no, don't do that. But, like, just try things. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, I do feel like a lot of people, especially people, like, not from this millennial Gen Z, Y, whatever generation, they don't try new things like I literally serve boomers all day basically at work and they get the same fucking food every day it's the type of people who think that once they like identify with something that's that's them like they're not just having two eggs over easy with bacon they're they are two eggs over easy with bacon because they don't try the new things they don't get out there they don't they're not scared of mundaneness and I think I'm just afraid of the mundane the everyday and that's why I do try to take as many leaps of faith as I can or you know I'm ambitious towards goals and I just I don't want to have the same thing for breakfast every day I don't want to be that person anyways very interesting and uh 
as for original thoughts, I don't think any thought is original. I feel like everyone's had a rendition on it. But it's the way you apply said thought. So, like, for example, in a lot of uh, in a couple of your other episodes, uh, episode two, for example, you I think you talk about in that episode, uh, like social media influencers and how they post things on Facebook to make themselves feel better for five seconds, but never actually apply it to their life. Well, I feel like maybe if you actually applied it and did something with it instead of just using that as a cover up for your shitty fucking life, then maybe you'd be like not so conditioned into spewing out a whole bunch of stupidity and not actually doing it. Holy shit, dude. You are savage, man. Yeah, that's the harsh truth. But straight up, like if you are taking a picture of yourself with a bunch of trash bags and saying like, yo, hashtag clean up the ocean or whatever. And like you didn't do any of that. You just saw the pile of trash bags and just took a picture in front of it. And people just think you had like, oh, my God, what a good person. They clean up the ocean. It's like, fuck you. They didn't do it. And they're just lying online. And I feel like that could be that sort of template for lying can be applied to like almost all of it. You know, whether it be health food, uh, healthy choices on lifestyle, like, you know, working out, going to the gym, running all that shit. Fuck, I was guilty of it. I mean, I was like I was running all the time. And then I posted once that I was running and I was like, not going to post this again, probably. Maybe I'll, I'll throw it in like a story or something, you know, something that is deleted after. But I didn't feel comfortable. Maybe I'm bragging again that I'm running around. But if I wasn't applying it to my life, like I'm not a runner. Like that's not my passion. But running is healthy. So I was just like maybe trying to motivate other people too. But at the same time, if I wasn't actually running, I know some people probably fucking do that. It would have been weird. Yeah. Side note to my my other thought before, um, <clears throat> when I was talking about like how we're innately like encoded to avoid things that we think are dangerous, um, you may ask yourself the question like, oh, okay, why are previous generations not like experiencing experiencing these issues? I'm like, well, my 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 thought is that like this day and age, we live in a lot of safe space and we're very outspoken about our. Uh, like our our problems, our mental health issues, which is great. Like, don't get me wrong. It's very important to talk about these things. It's it's like, that's why there are therapists because we need to get this out. Like people like you and I, I don't think or would survive or be as well off as we are now if we were born, say, in, in the midst of World War One, where things were different. Like... Kids had to grow up fast. You were put into very uncomfortable situations and you were given no choice but to, like, do shit and get it done. Yo, I totally agree with you. I even went on, like, a little rant before about, like, the different generations. So, like, we agree with that point. It's so funny that you make that point right after I say this. And I also definitely agree, dude. I would have fucking gone... I would be fucking dead right now. If I had to get drafted when I was... 16 years old to the fucking world war i'd be fucking dead right now i survived a shooting at my university or college seaship if you will and that shit fucked my head up a lot now imagine that type of violence that type of fight or flight response day in day out in a foreign country and you're a lot younger. Oh, God, fuck that shit. 
so I think you're absolutely right. We got it good, man. We really do. And we do owe it to the uh, generations who raised us, right? Because now they're kind of like in control of the world right now. And there's a lot of shitty things going on, but there hasn't been a draft in the Canada or the U.S. in our lifetimes. So pretty lucky there. Damn, count your blessings, folks. And I think because people were like thrust into that mentality of do shit, get shit done, um, they didn't have time to think about their issues. And I think there was a lot more communication because there weren't phones. Well, there weren't cell phones and the Internet and all these other things that people would spew their time into and their thoughts and their every little stupid idea yeah it's so true i totally agree with you like these people of that time were too busy worrying about survival because it was a more primitive time because of the wars and stuff none of the creative people were able to fucking sit down and figure out how a computer works because most of the creative people back then probably got drafted in war were too intellectual to 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 be as fight or flight totally understanding how to combat and they probably got fucking killed society totally takes the back burner when there's a, a draft or a war and i don't even know anything about this shit i don't even know why i'm talking about it <laughs> but there it is Jesus Christ, you're tripping me. you tripping me out, boy. I mean, hey, a lot of good things has come out from it. But, like, in general, we as people are very connected through social media, but not connected as one people. Um, that, might, that might make no fucking sense. But I really do think that the time is very telling that we're so open to share our thoughts and ideas on let's say a podcast or um, a fucking video, even even that, because we're disconnected from people, but we're still getting a response that we want, you know? And if we don't like that response, we can easily just turn it off and go away. So we're very selective of what we want to see. And I feel like <clears throat> because of that, when we hate something or don't like it, we're immediately ready to cut it off. And in situations when we can't do it, and we can't face it. Uh, no, we're like we can't do it, and we have to face it. We freak out because we're like, "Oh fuck!" There's no off button. It's a blessing that we're like we're more connected and connected to ourselves and uh, more outspoken. But that it does come at a price because anybody who puts themselves out there as vulnerable is kind of like showing everybody their target, and you can hit that bullseye and take me down. So it is. It's fucking rough, man. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a rough. One, <laughs> the battle. Jesus, Ryan, hurting my feelings, man. Making me feel shit. Um, yeah, this took a really dark path. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I totally feel you. I don't. I don't feel like people are very genuine or unique yes, anymore. Yes, yes. It hurts my feelings, and I can fucking sniff it out like a bloodhound, and it sucks. Um, it's very hard to be. That's why it's really cool to see creators and people who do the shit you do, like put their thoughts on fucking on the internet and move shit, you know? Ah, fuck, man. I'm so incoherent. Uh, I'm mid-breakdown, so yeah. It's always good to know that someone else is having a breakdown and I'm not the only one. Have a good one, Chris. Holy shit, how, how do you just stop recording after that? I am so sorry, Ryan. 
it is fucking you're going through something i get it man i'm so sorry and i do agree that it is hard for people to be them their genuine selves i do agree it is yeah dude it, it's very difficult it takes a lot of work and a lot of releasing of your your ego to become at least as genuinely yourself to that person in the mirror that you can be because it's like you kind of gotta i know i know it's weird but my advice to anybody who's trying to be more of their genuine selves and i don't know if that's the thing you're going through the breakdown i'm sorry but this is just sparking a thought in me if you are trying to get out there and be your most genuine self you have to let go of any idea that you have of yourself to do it to do to be genuine so it's like you have this idea of yourself that you're a successful career person, but you're not because you work at Zeller's. Oh, that's that dates me, doesn't it, saying Zeller's? You have a retail job for a chain, but you're, you want to be that successful career person. You're sharing career quotes online, and you know what I mean? Well, you're not really being your genuine self. You, you are participating in ambitional content. Ambitional, is that a word? And Anyways. Uh, but you are not taking what I would call, probably other people call it this too, action steps toward your goals. So if, you, if you're looking to be your most genuine selves, you got to release that idea of the person who is successful already and f look down at your feet and look down at the steps you need to take to get to that successful point. Because if you're not doing that, you're just portraying an image and in which case you are not being the genuine self. You just putting an image out there that you identify with. Huh. Rant over, I guess. Wow. Thank you so much for sending in these MP3s. And I really, really hope I get more. Maybe this uh, technique that I did it in, like how I cut them off, the recordings off, maybe that didn't work. Hey, record one and let me know. <laughs> Anyways, we, we covered some cool stuff today. I got to kind of think about the old podcasts that I had put out. I call them old. They, they came out in September. But uh, a little bit of good news for you. Um, you know, Cheaper Than Therapy actually premiered at 13th in Canada for podcasting uh, about mental health. And I thought that was a little nice, interesting tidbit. So uh, thank you guys for the support. Here's a little bit of homework for you. Do one thing today after you hear this do one thing that you wouldn't do normally just something out of your routine whether it be you usually load the dishwasher after you eat do the dishes by hand you uh you always brush your teeth at night well fucking floss dude floss right after you brush bro you could do it man no but l something little and and while you're doing that, see if you discover something new about yourself. Hey, I like flossing. Hey, doing the dishes by hand is interesting. I, I'm enjoying working with my hands. Or just do 10 sit-ups right now and see how that goes. You know what I mean? And then you see, oh, hey, ooh, this is a lot easier or it's a lot harder. Who knows? But do one. Have one goal today. A small one and achieve it. Do something a little different. All right, well... This has been Cheaper Than Therapy. Thank you for listening. See you on the next one. Cue the shitty theme song. <laughs>